welcome to the Biopractica podcast series. Biopractica is an Australian-owned, practitioner-only brand focusing on nutritional and herbal products proven to play a role in preventative medicine. Biopractica is committed to empowering healthcare professionals, developing their knowledge and skills so they can confidently and effectively tackle the major health challenges facing their patients today. To support this commitment, the Learning Hub was established by Biopractica to offer practitioners a collection of educational resources so they can stay informed on the latest in health science research. Welcome everyone and thank you for tuning in. My name is Roberta Barbiolini and I'm the Technical Manager here at Biopractica. I'm joined today by Professor Franca Villa from Italy. Now, Professor Franca Villa is a specialist in gastroenterology and paediatrics. He's also a senior lecturer at the University of Bari in Italy. He's a world-renowned speaker, researcher, and author in the fields of probiotics, microbiota modification, gastrointestinal disorders, and in the treatment of Helicobacter pylori infections. He's also the inventor of two patents relating to the treatment of gastrointestinal disorders, and he handles more than 5,000 complex digestive and nutritional outpatient cases every year. Thank you so much for joining us today, Frank, Professor Franca Villa. We really appreciate your time. No, thank you for this kind invitation. It's a pleasure for me to, to stay with you this morning. And perhaps to start, can I ask you to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your special research interests? Yeah, sure. Actually, I, uh, as you said, I took my graduation in 93. Then I took my uh, specialization in uh, pediatrics uh, in 97. But actually, I have been for also for two years working in the Department of uh, Pediatric Hepatology and Liver Transplant at King's College Hospital in London. I stayed there about three years just to complete my GI training. Uh, both for clinical practice and scientific research. Then I took a PhD in uh, digestive physiopathology and nutrition. I got that uh, at the University of Naples. And then actually I came back in my city where I became lecturer in pediatrics. And I'm still in charge for teaching in uh, several PhD in the School of Medicine and the Specialization of Pediatric and, uh, and Gastroenterology. Um, I took also the specialization in gastroenterology in, uh, in 2006, and this is because I was really interested in doing research in uh, GI disorders. And indeed, since 2010, I'm the chief of pediatric gastroenterology at Children's Hospital in, um, in Bari. Um, now, I've, I've just applied for a position of full professor at my university. Fantastic. We are in charge of uh, all uh, pediatric gastroenterology, hepatology, and nutritional disease. And our main research is focused on celiac disease, H. pylori. We work on H. pylori since the early time. And uh, all functional gastrointestinal disorder, inflammatory bowel disorders, and uh, rare gastrointestinal condition. In our unit, we perform all diagnostic procedures all kind of uh, digestive endoscopy, pH study, manometry, and all breath tests. And my group focused uh, on uh, main research areas, such as uh, control of H. pylori infection with novel therapy and probiotics, prevention and treatment of functional gastrointestinal disorder, celiac disease, uh, gluten sensitivity that I know you have a lot in Australia, yeah. and uh, also innovative technological and clinical protocols for the production 
agricultural food. We work with uh, several institutions, Heinz, Takeda, VNFLE, Danone, just to say some. And our group has published more than 170 uh, papers in indexed journal. We have more than 6,000 citations, and we have uh, written also several book chapters. It's fantastic. So now I'm ready for you. So I guess, I mean, of all your areas of interest, probably the one that is of most interest to a lot of our um, practitioners here in Australia is the field of probiotics and Helicobacter pylori. And can I ask why you got involved in the research around H. pylori and in particular uh, L. ruteri for H. pylori infections? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we became interested in H. pylori and probiotics since the knowledge that uh, stomach is not a sterile organ. And there is a microbiota also in the stomach. In, uh, in 2006, there was a paper published in PNAS showing that if you do not have H. pylori, you have plenty of different kinds of bacteria living in, in, uh, in your stomach. And uh, lactobacilli have been also recovered from the gastric mucosa of healthy individuals. And uh, if you look at the different philia in the gastric microbiome, you will see that actinobacteria are well represented. And actinobacteria is the philia where lactobacilli are uh, represented. Now, um, there was also an earlier paper showing that uh, this was in mice, however, that if a rat has a gastric ulcer, then he loses the lactobacillus spaces. And when the ulcer heals, those lactobacillus reappears again, meaning the lactobacillus are really a, a good bacteria for the stomach. And if you are actually, uh, if the stomach has a disease, these lactobacillus disappear. Why reuteri? Because uh, if you look at the, the uh, gastric environment, you need bacteria that are able to survive to acid for quite a long time. And uh, all, uh, among all lactobacillus species, uh, lactobacillus reuteri are the ones that live more and survive better in an acidic environment, both at pH 2 and pH 3. Then if you want to do something against H. pylori, you need also uh, bacteria that are able to inhibit the growth of these uh, pathogen and the lactobacillus serotiri is able both uh, with the, uh, the, uh, the presence of the bacteria itself but also with the supernatum and then you need to have a, a bacteria that is able to adhere to on gastric epithelial cells and lactobacillus serotiri is able to do this so why we need probiotic? Why we may need a probiotic in H. pylori treatment? This is because when we started, and this was in 2007, there was a clear declining in um, treatment efficacy. And we were actually showing also in uh, publishing paper that uh, eradication rates were dropping from uh, 90 to 70%. And so we thought, that the probiotics might be actually of uh, help in, uh, uh, in, in controlling H. pylori infection. 
But when you look for a probiotic in H. pylori, you really need to be sure, first of all, that it's safe. So we were actually looking for safe strain. Uh, we don't want to give any antibiotic resistance to people. Uh, of course, this probiotic should survive to acid and bile and um, must be able also to colonize the gut to be a probiotic. And we were actually interested in a paper that was published in 2003 by the group of Bowler, showing that uh, a particular strain of Lactobacillus reuteri, and this was uh, um, Lactobacillus uh, 17938, was able to colonize gastric mucosa. And this was outstanding for us because we need something that stayed in the stomach. And we thought we found it. And we definitely believe that this was the perfect probiotic because there was also a paper showing that this strain was able to inhibit H. pylori growth. So we were actually uh, really um, happy and enthusiastic to start working with this. And we had the fortune to meet BioGaia because I remember the day I met these people and I asked for uh, a probiotic plus the placebo. And they had no problem in giving me this opportunity. And we tested straight away in 2008 in um, adult individuals, just giving this probiotic without any kind of other treatment. And we were able to show that just this probiotic alone was able to decrease the bacterial load. So, of course, we knew that uh, we didn't find a definite cure because the H. pylori was still there, but we were able to show that we could at least control the H. pylori growth. And we replied also these data in children showing the same effect. And also this, this probiotic was extremely efficacious in reducing side effects when you use antibiotics. That's so fantastic. this is uh, how I got involved with this. And I mean, based on your experience then in, re in researching the Lactobacillus ruteri for H. pylori infections, what do you think are the most important mechanisms of action through which they work? Yeah, of course, when you give uh, a probiotic to fight an infection, you need to know that uh, at least you have the biological explanation for its action. And uh, we know that probiotics are able to produce uh, antimicrobial substances because also they defend themselves from, uh, from other microbes. And uh, there are several bacteriocins with anti-H. pylori activity. And uh, specifically, Reuteri 1738 is able to produce lactic acid, that is uh, uh, kind of uh, have some bacteriostatic effect, but also, and more important, it produces reuterin, that is a protein that uh, successfully uh, can control H. pylori infection since it, this is a um, antibi natural antibiotic. The second effect that probiotics do, and the 1738 does, is uh, the ability to increase the expression of uh, some genes that increase mucus production. So if you increase the mucus, then you increase the natural defense of your gastric mucosa. And then, and this is very important, some probiotics are able to inhibit the adherence of H. pylori 
on gastric cells. And this has been shown also in uh, several mice models, which if you give a probiotic and then challenge the mouse with H. pylori, H. pylori is unable to colonize the gastric mucosa because all the sites where the bacteria uh, um, links are saturated by these probiotics. And this is true for uh, Lactobacillus reuteri because there have been studies published in the early thousand, uh, 2000 showing that uh, at increasing doses and concentration of H. pylori, you had a complete inhibition of, uh, of H. pylori binding on, uh, on the gastric mucosa. And uh, finally, you, uh, you have also the ability of probiotics to modify the host immune responses, reducing inflammatory cytokines and increasing anti-inflammatory cytokines. So in a way, you can control uh, the inflammation. And um, again, there is a paper showing the lactobacillus reuteri is essential for the inhibitory effect on TNF-alpha induced interleukinase expression. What does it mean? It means that when you have H. pylori, you increase interleukinase, and this interleukinase will lead to inflammation. If you give lactobacillus reuteri, you decrease this uh, H. pylori-induced inflammation. At the end of the day, if you have uh, the biological explanation, you need, uh, you need also to have data. And uh, if you look at meta-analysis, it clearly show these meta-analysis that at the end, if you use a probiotic, you, decrease, you increase the radication rate on a, of about 10%, and also that you decrease uh, antibiotic side effects of at least 20%. But this is strain-specific. That's fantastic, and some really fascinating mechanisms of action there. Now, as you may know, we've only recently in Australia have um, access to the combination of the l DSM-17938 and the l ATCC PTA-6475 together. Now, I understand you're very familiar with this combination of probiotic strains and that you've actually done some research on it. Can you tell us a little bit about the research that you've done on this strain combination? Yeah, sure. Um, as I was telling before, the problem is that uh, you need to know which probiotic to use. Not all probiotics are the same, and we really need to go at strain level. I published in 2016 um, a review for the indication and recommendation by society and institution for the use of probiotics uh, in uh, functional gastrointestinal disorder, and I was surprised that if you go in the guidelines of the British Dietetic Association, the NHS, uh, AGA, or Japanese uh, uh, Society of Gastroenterology, there is no indication for the strain. Most of the societies say, use a triprobiotic and keep using with the one that gives you the effect. But we really need to start with the published evidence. So, um, the combination is particularly interesting because besides the, one, the effect of 1798 that we already perfectly know, we were interested in uh, the new strain, the PTA6475, because this particular strain is able in a, a particular way to inhibit inflammation. So we were actually thinking, okay, 
can we join, can we use this combination atrial infection? Because we could have had the known effect of the first strain with the strong anti-inflammatory effect of this new strain. And so we planned a double-blind randomized control study. And uh, actually, during the same time, another group led by Emara, Professor Mohamed Emara, did a similar study in, uh, in Egypt. So what we did was to actually um, enroll 100 H. pylori positive patients we treated for 28 days just with the probiotic. Before and after this treatment, we check for uh, bacterial load during the uh, uh, urea breath test. We did score to assess symptoms. And uh, at day 28, before they started um, the treatment, they underwent endoscopy. Then they were treated for standard triple therapy for seven days. Then we have keep this patient on uh, in follow up, and after eight weeks, we tested whether they had uh, eradicated by H. pylori. So what we showed, first of all, we showed that uh, in the period when they received just uh, the probiotic combination, we had a decrease of dyspepsia symptoms. Although this was not significant, we did show that uh, no one in the group who received gastrus had worsen, worsening of any symptoms, while this was actually uh, occurring in several patients who received placebo. We did show that using gastrus, we were able to decrease H. pylori bacterial load, and this was significant because in those who receive placebo, bacterial load actually increased. And the coming to eradication rate, both my group and Emara group were able to show that this combination increased H. pylori eradication of about 10%. And this was, and it is quite important result. Secondly, and even more important is the fact that using this combination, both studies were able to show a significant decrease ranging from minus 22 to minus 40% on the onset of side effects during the radiation therapy. And we know that if, when you give antibiotics, you give antibiotics, two, three antibiotics for 10, then 10 or 15 days, those are, will cause side effects. And this may be a reason why people start stopping the, taking treatment. What is important is that when we analyze side effects, we showed that main side effects that we were able to control were abdominal pain, diarrhea, bloating, and also epigastric pain. So this is the reason why we believe that whenever you take an H. pylori treatment with antibiotics, you should add a good probiotic with, and gastrus is the choice. Finally, and this is uh, the main goal by the study of Professor Emara, is that he was able to do biopsy before 
and after treatment with antibiotics and probiotics. And what he showed is that if you compare histology, he was able, he was able to show that patients who were taking this particular combination had a significant less inflammation, both as inflammation score and activity score, showing that this strain and this combination is able really to decrease inflammation in, in, the, in, the, in the gastric mucosa. And this is of particular importance because we know that all the complications of H. pylori infection are actually driven by inflammation. So overall, this study gives us the result that this combination increases radication rate, reduce antibiotic-associated side effects, improve H. pylori gastritis, and we feel that we can confirm earlier studies showing that uh, lactobacillus reuteri PTA 6475 has a strong anti-inflammatory activity. That's fantastic. And I mean, there's certainly some really great results from that study. And maybe just finally, Professor Francovilla, can I ask, beyond the application in Helicobacter pylori infections, what are your understanding of other applications that this combination of L-Ruteri um, strains can be used for? Yeah, um, first of all, I, I think that um, one of the, uh, where we should start is uh, from the, the fact that we know that these two probiotics are, um, these two particular strains are really effective because there are several data, previous data showing uh, uh, the particular effect. So, uh, Lactobacillus reuteri 17938, uh, first of all, is uh, the most studied and uh, efficient probiotic strain in the world. It's really the most studied. And it has shown to have effect on gastric motility to reduce visceral pain. And this is why uh, it can help gastric dyspepsia. And also, it can strengthen the microbiota, it can tighten uh, the gas permeability and improve the immune response. So uh, possible future application uh, could be IBS, because IBS is a combination of, uh, of both uh, um, motility disorders plus inflammation. So if you have a strain uh, such as uh, uh, the, the new strain, you can really think that uh, uh, this anti-inflammatory activity can be of help in this patient. If you think about IBS, since I'm an expert in celiac disease, I think that uh, people can have an advantage also in this anti-inflammatory effect and control of motility when in the group of patients with non-celiac gluten sensitivity. This, this group of patients is growing, there is a lot of interest in the market, and also uh, there is a lot of of uh, search of, of patients of effective treatment. So this can actually give uh, um, some advantage to these people. It would be nice to test this combination also to see whether they have some effect on uh, gluten digestion. Uh, we may think that uh, pa patients with functional dyspepsia might have uh, uh, an, an advantage, but the study needs to be done on this topic. and. Um, Inflammatory bowel disorders is a very uh, difficult 
group of patients and uh, I would say that maybe we still need more study to on this particular topic while uh, some good data uh, although not yet published uh, may come from uh, an Italian group who is actually using this combination in diverticulitis and in uh, colitis associated associated with uh, diverticulitis and um, we are doing uh, uh, in these days a study uh, to use this combination to prevent a small intestinal bacteria overgrowth uh, in patients treated with, with proton pump inhibitors. Uh, the reason is that there is a preliminary study show that, uh, showing that uh, 17938 uh, may prevent the onset of uh, this uh, problem in patients uh, with uh, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And uh, finally, uh, I would say that uh, having read the um, paper on the ability of this particular strain to control the onset of um, behavioral problems in mice, we are actually studying also this combination in autistic patients because there may be some really novel findings in the ability of uh, this combination controlling uh, some of uh, the symptoms of autistic patients. That's a very, very interesting set of possible applications. Like you were saying, from irritable bowel syndrome to SIBO, functional GI disorders, and then, as you said, potentially even an application in autism spectrum disorders. Well, great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Frank Francavilla, for your time today. Uh, it was absolutely oh, fascinating. And thank you to those of you that tuned in. We hope you found our discussion today interesting and useful. And tune in next time to hear more great health science news. To continue the conversation or to find out more about Biopractica, please head to biopractica.com.au. Biopractica, empowering healthcare professionals.